0: everyone and welcome once again to 101 George Street, the podcast from Mowbray, Scotland's National Centre for Children's Literature and Storytelling. My name is John Malloy and this week we'll be talking to Angela Gilmore and Stacey Meachan. Angela is the Executive Director and Project Manager of LIFT. Lockside is Families Together, a community organisation working out of the Lockside area of Dumfries in Dumfries and Galloway. Stacey, who is the Executive Financial Director, is also a keen member of the organisation. Stacey, Angela, welcome to the show. What's your favourite children's story and why?
1: My favourite children's story um, is 101 Dalmatians, because when I was at school, I didn't really read much in English class and stuff, and 101 Dalmatians is the very first book that I ever finished. And that actually was you know, the catalyst for me reading. I read every single day of life now. Mm-hmm. And 101 Dalmatians is what kick started all that off.
0: There's always one book that, as you say, acts as a kind of catalyst. So once you kind of get your head around that one book, it allows you, it opens up that world to you, you know, when you then know, you can go, I like this and like that, which is really interesting. You're the first person to say 101 Dalmatians as well.
1: Well, I used to actually try and read the animals, kind of like obviously the animals speak in the book, and i try and do it in animal voices. So uh, the whole story, it was absolutely amazing. I loved it. It was really, really
2: good. I love The Gruffalo. I wasn't a big reader when I was younger. When I've got two children, and The Gruffalo was one book that me and Neve both loved, and then they brought out the film to it, which was even better seeing it on picture. Um, But... I don't know, it's just one story that me and Eve connected with and it was only only story that she would let me read her. She was never interested in any other book, so I've got to say Gruffalo.
0: That's the great thing about children's literature is that it's a wonderful way of connecting with, with family members and with, yeah. with friends. Everyone was young and everyone has a, a favourite story.
2: Oh, yes. I had a boy, but he he's 15 now, but he was never interested in me reading them stories. He was... He wasn't into books either. But yeah, me and Eve connected through that one story with the storytelling at night, before bedtime.
0: Angela, what is LIFT?
2: So Lyft is a community group.
1: Um, and we started up in 2016 to help improve the area that we lived in. It was in the newspapers about um, Lockside in particular being in the top 3% of people living in poverty and deprivation in Scotland. And I'm Lockside born and bred, Mm. so I wanted the outlook for my kids to be different from what the outlook is at the minute. So we got together with a group of parents and decided that we were going to uplift our um, residential area and make it change. We wanted people to actually want to live here rather than it being put down all the time. So we run... um, youth groups now so we do we do uh, annual litter picks around about the area we have shops now in the area where um, everything's a pound so we're affordable for everybody and all the money that we raise for the shops then goes back into our community so it helps us run our annual events like easter, the gala, bonfire night, halloween parties, christmas, mm. christmas day dinner um, this is all the kind of stuff that lift us at the minute Um, ah, So that's what Lyft is It's a community group run by local people To help improve the area that we live in
2: Stacey So Lyft is a community group That is helping to improve improve The area that we all live in We're all parents So we're all in this together Um, Lockside can be seen to have quite a bad name For itself Or it certainly did and we are going to turn that all around. Um, we just started by doing some events in the local community. Um, but we didn't want money to be an issue either. So we made it that there were free events we applied for funding. Um, due to COVID, we've had to change what we initially did at the start. Mm. So we actually do food pastures now as well. Um, We also are running online events through our Facebook page. Mm. Um, There's different, we've got dancers, we've got fitness class, we've got cooking. Um, It wasn't so much to take over the learning side of things because obviously they weren't at school. It was more for to give parents a wee break as well because it was a stressful time for all of us. So these online events, it's fun. There is some educational activities on there, but it was a wee bit of fun on these hard times. And they're learning life skills as well, because we've hooked up with Crumb. And they do cooking classes every week, and they get the ingredients delivered to them. So left evolves into different things every day.
0: (laughs) That's brilliant. Just to confirm with the um the listeners in the home, crumb is a local restaurant in Dumfries. And just to go back to it, it sounds great and it sounds like it's very much a, a grassroots-driven initiative. You've kind of you've taken hold of your community and you've decided, right, let's let's do something about it, which is wonderful because it's it, it's a great example of localism and action. That phrase in Scotland, area of deprivation. And I know when we weren't recording, Angela, you mentioned that before, it, it it's a label, and sometimes that can be quite a heavy label to have around. And I know that from experience because I've worked in a lot of areas in in Merseyside that you would class as an areas of deprivation. And in many ways, it's good to know that because you think, okay, we need to do something about it. It's kind of like a call to action. But at the same time you're constantly fighting against being written off or being thinking, okay, that well, you're an area of deprivation, therefore you're X, or therefore you're Y. Whereas what you'll find with these communities is that, particularly with with the mums and the parents in these communities, there's a real drive to want to improve the community for the youngsters.
2: And left relies very much on volunteers. So we're all mums in that side. And... Um, Don't get me wrong, we have got volunteers out with Lockside, Mm. but like I said, the shops are run by volunteers and they're all local people. Um, Left very much survives on the great volunteers that we've got because without them, we wouldn't be able to do half of what we do do in the community. But they're all parents and they all, as you say, we're all working towards the same goal and it's just improving the local community.
1: One of the other things that we do as well is, um, again, the youth groups that we run. Uh, we have an actual youth council, if you like, mm-hmm. of young people that decide themselves what they want in their area. So we've got a dance group that's run by the young people. Mm-hmm. We also have a group um, called d So my son, um, Finlay, he was born with autism mm-hmm. and through his childhood he struggled at school and d d was one of the things that actually helped him make friends and stuff like that, like-minded people. So Finlay's 21 now mm-hmm. and he took that aspect of his autism and how D&D turned things around for him, and how could he start helping kids in the area that were exactly like him. Mm. So he set up his own D&D group through Lyft's youth team. Um, It's now accessed by 20 young people that are on the spectrum or that really just love Mm. D&D. Because of COVID, they haven't been able to do face-to-face, but here they've set up an online thing on Discord, Mm. and he's actually got people from America, Germany, I think you know them. for Norway and England all participating now in this D and D group. So stuff like that. I know is very important to us. We want to make sure that we're inclusive for absolutely everybody for all walks of life, mm. and especially like in the shop and that as well. We've we'll got signs up. Um, Lockside's filled with all different kinds of people all different characters and everything um, different walks of life so we have actually got like information boards and stuff uh, flyers in the shop on different languages to make sure that everybody can they're welcome and that we're here to help that's one you know, of the main things about Lyft is we're definitely here to help and hopefully be able to give folk what they need
0: We've spoken about Lockside as an area. For the people, again, listening at home, Lockside is an area of Dumfries and Dumfries Town. Tell me a little bit about the area.
1: So Lockside, uh, I think, personally, is absolutely amazing because I'm born and bred for here. Uh, But the great thing about Lockside is we're right on the edge of the countryside, so we're rural and we're urban. Mm. So you know the projects that we actually did is called Nana's Park, which funnily enough relates to Moat Bray, Peter Pan with the dog Nana, mm. um, and Nana was nature and nurtured area. So we incorporated that because of the area that we do live in, and um, in we've got the countryside right next to us, we've got rivers next to us, there's a lot of places that Waynes can actually engage with um, without having to stay indoors. Lockside also is made up of quite a lot of flats. Mm. Um, I think actually in Dumfries, Urhus Estate is the one that's got the most high-rise flats and stuff like that in it. Um, but the folk of Lockside, they're, like, they're all characters, absolute brilliant characters. And some folk out with Lockside see it, it has got a bad name. It really has, but. If you came into Lockside, you'll never meet any mere welcoming, happy, canny do enough for you people. If you know you're not folk in Lockside, say, have a house fire, for example, mm. you can be guaranteed that the whole neighbourhood would be rallying around to make sure that you've got all the stuff to replace anything that you've lost. You've made sure they've got food, canny do enough for you, help you with the wains all that kind of thing. I love Lockside.
2: Stacey? So I actually stayed in Lockside when I was a wee girl, but my mum and dad moved to another part of Dumfries um, and ended up coming back later on in life. And I absolutely love it. I wouldn't move my back out of Lockside now. Um, Lockside is a great community. Everybody does help one another. There's a lot of green space in Lockside, but it could probably be utilised more. But we have got a wee project in mind that Mm. we're going to be hopefully linking up with the local housing associations to make that wee bit of green space better. Um, And also for the people living in flats, especially the children, so that they've got a wee area of their own because there is a lot of high-rise flats in Lockside. But there's a, a lot of potential in Lockside. There is potential in Lockside, but it just seems to have that name... That hangs over hangs over it, but left is there to try and change that.
1: If they look at the fact that Lockside is the biggest towseness in, in Dumfries, mm. so as I think there's like five thousand residents that live here, and we have goat green space around about us, but um, it is just it doesn't need to like access that much. Kind like you'll probably get your dog walkers and stuff like that, but there is a lot more that could be done having the countryside on the edge of where we
2: are motivation kids just want to go out and have fun and with their friends and get dirty and build things and whatever else. going a walk in the countryside is not very exciting to a child but great for the adults especially getting out for a walk for the mental health with what's been going on mm. but it's the children that we're really looking for it to give them a space to play in and that's what we're hoping to do with our projects in the future.
0: How have you been able to adapt to COVID? So
1: one of the things that we've been doing is, as you'll probably realise if are talking to us, we are very much about putting projects together mm. and organising groups that, the kids can attend so we have um we did decide to go on grassroots and engage with the young kids for the area and keep working with them so it was got to be like a change generation type thing yeah so going back to when we were kids we were always outside we didn't have technology that we had nowadays so it was a case so there's a big marsh area on Lockside, and um, it's filled with frogs toads newts, stickleback fish all different kinds of birds um berries. So when we were younger we'd go and pick the berries and then take it to the old folk and the old folk would make tarts, kind of like berry tarts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't get that anywhere neither day. So we set up another um project called Hook to Cook. And this is also it depends on whenever we can get the lock back open. But it's taking young people from lockside and including north on Frees in general, mm. and taking them to the Jericho Lock, which is out by um, Locker Briggs. And they are, we are going to give them an outdoor camping experience. They going on a Friday night for an outdoor camping experience. So they have to set up a safe campsite and the guys that um, do the fishing already at Jericho Lock, they've volunteered to show the kids actually how to set up the fly rod and how to do the casting. So they've got a foodie uh, setting up the rods and casting out. And then on the Sunday, hopefully they catch a fish and humanely kill the fish, but then they learn how to cook it. So we're giving them the kind of life skills as well. Mm. And again, it's to encourage the kids to go on out and play outdoors rather than being stuck inside. So we, in regards to COVID, we're all cooped up at the minute. So this is also stuff that the winds are got to be loving to try because they have been in the house playing Xbox or PlayStation for that long that they're what to go outside now.
2: So we have had to adapt what we would usually do because of COVID. Um, and that's why the online activity page has been set up through Facebook, and mm. um, we did speak about that before, and um, we very much had to think out of the box, so especially Easter through the first lockdown, um, we usually had an Easter party, but we were unable to do that due to the government guidelines. So the way we've done that was is we actually just drove round in cars and we delivered Easter eggs to the children in the local area. Um, we're doing it this time round, it's in the planning. Mm. But we're going to run wee competitions as well, engage with them. Um, so like we call it depending on the age group, we call it in competition. We also very much want the children to be involved in any planning of the events in the future. Mm. Obviously, we have to just kind of watch how the guidelines are going. So we're wanting children to give us their feedback, what they want to see, what they would like to do, once the government guidelines are out there, like away, hopefully, for good. Um, So that's what we're using. We're very much utilising our Facebook online activity page to keep engaging with the children, because we don't want, and adults, because we don't want them to feel as if we've forgotten about them. Yeah. We very much haven't. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are, but we're mostly delivering to people's houses now with goodies and keeping in contact with people online. One of the other good things as well about us changing uh, to adapt for
1: COVID is the online activity page Stacey was talking about. Mm -hmm. We have actually, we set up um, in the second week of January. And since then to date, we have actually reached over 28,000 people that have engaged with that page. So that in itself, I think, is just showing what need is out there Mm -hmm. to help people. Uh, We've also had positive feedback about how it's actually helping adults' mental health as well as their kids. It gives them that bit of break and breaks up the day because it's only 20-minute segments mm. um, that we've been providing with the online activity.
0: I've looked at a lot of the activities that you put out on the activity page and they're brilliant. They're really varied. That's the thing that really struck me. There's cookery classes and, and guides. There's a lot of dancing, the storytelling. There's a lot of things to interest a lot of people.
1: Because uh, you're one of the years that was quite popular as the live streaming. And so again... Kids love Xbox, PlayStation stuff like that. Um, I okay, can millions watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But we've got live streaming. Way battle stations, and they actually they've got a green screen. Set it all up, and the Wayne's absolutely love watching that. So the day there another. That's a like another good organisation that is involved with us because it is organisations and stuff as well that's been taking part. So you've got like the Longfada Vikings, um, that are based in Dumfries. Simon comes on, sorry, Cathbad comes on and tells us all the Viking stories and how he like the Viking weaving. And there's loads, absolutely loads of different stuff. It's amazing for people.
0: Yeah, there's lots of Viking storytelling with him, with Simon the Viking, as he's colloquially known around Dumfries and Galloway right. and B stations, battle stations. I know they've done a lot of good work, working communities across the region. What are you hoping to achieve with Lyft? What's the the main goal?
1: So our main goal, I feel, is that we want to reach as many people as possible, especially during COVID, to help aid boredom Mm -hmm. um, and try and help people's mental health and stuff as much as we possibly can. But out with COVID, all we want to do is change the area that we stay in and let people have a brighter outlook when they come here.
0: Now, Angela, I I understand that Lyft are very, the big believers in arts-based regeneration and as well as the fantastic work that you're currently doing, you're also looking at bringing in artists and creative practitioners and bringing them into the community and see how their input can help develop the spaces around the community. Is that the case?
1: Yes. So one of the things we're doing is the Living in Flats Together project. And we'd done a consultation with the kids that live in the flats and said to them, if you could have anything at all, what would you want inside your flat? And the creativity that was coming for these veins was off the charts. They want enchanted forests. They want outer space. They want underwater themes and they were actually taking um, quite a lot of the stuff for the likes of Disney films. Mm. So each flat, especially like in Dunlop Road, there's like eight flats there. So each flat would have a theme and the kids were getting that excited saying, oh my God, could we get an artist to come in and draw this on our walls? And when we're at school, we can say, I'll meet you at the Enchanted Forest. And nobody else would ken where the Enchanted Forest was. They would think it's like the marsh or something, but really the kids that belonged to the flats knew that it was going to be in this certain flat so working with local artists and stuff like that has got to be a biggie for us this year because we are wanting to revamp quite a lot of the areas where the flats are and then link it in with Glen that links into the marshland that then links into the work that the Stove Network were doing with the tatty fields up by the meadows there was a lot of public art up there um, last year and the year before and we want to continue doing that
0: and it's great because what you're essentially doing is that you—it's place making. You, you're creating these creative places that are really relevant to the young people in the community.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because another thing as well that um, was picked up when we were doing some consultation is again, like I said, people that are living in flats didn't have gardens, didn't have that outdoor space. So we approached DGHP and asked them, "What's the—is there any issues at all? We put in like big planters in the green space in the." space um, behind the flats, kind of like in the drying greens and stuff, which is all concrete or tar. Mm. and they thought it was an amazing idea and the residents are getting really excited because they are what to work with people that can come in and transform that space for them, so if it's a big black planter there's nothing at all saying that um, artists can come in and decorate the planters, put up some herb pots on the fence and mm. totally make it a livable area and improving the quality of life of these people that are really feeling low at the minute
0: this sounds fantastic but what are the future steps for lift
1: so we have the easter project coming we are as stacy mentioned earlier we go out and deliver easter eggs i'd just like to say though a big huge thank you to a local guy and his family called lee van wakeland he actually put a shout out for Easter eggs and was donated, I think it's like 1,500 eggs or something, and he's donated 200 of them to Lyft. So that's a big kudos to Lee, so it is in his family. Um, we are having, We would normally be planning our gala uh, for the first second week in July, mm-hmm. but again, we've had to adapt. So we are hopefully got to be part of a thing called the... Culture Collective, where we'll be working with the Stove Network and other organisations, um, Dumfries and Galloway wide. And one of the things um, that we'll be doing there is working local artists and doing different projects over the summer which will be reflected round about what the gala would have been so for all we can hire in stalls and fairground attractions and stuff like that which we would normally be doing we can do smaller segments and provide stuff for the kids in the community which will be held in glen field um the other thing that we've got coming, what else have we got we've got well halloween Again, will be, um, last year we done a competition where the kids done Halloween drawings and we filled up gloves with sweaties and gave it out to the kids that took part. There was like 168 kids took part in that um, last year, so we're hoping for the same kind of thing this year. But one of the things uh, for bonfire night, again, working uh, along the project of living in flats together, we have not got fireworks, we can't do fireworks. So we're allowed to have a bonfire. Mm. But instead of fireworks this year, we are going to be looking at doing light projections up on the flats on Glen mm. Field. And the artwork that you see in Glasgow, where they've done big murals and stuff in Glasgow, mm. we'll be projecting images like that onto the flats just so people around about us can actually see what a difference a piece of art makes to mm. an area. So we've got that kind of stuff um, in the planning. And then again, Christmas is chaotic for us. We're uh, doing food parcels at Christmas, delivering presents. And again, looking at how we can still provide Christmas Day dinner for people that are on their own. Yeah. Normally we would um open up the local YMCA centre and provide a three-course meal for people that are on their own for Christmas. But last year we had to actually um pay for the the older generation to get to a local pub where they got a three-course meal and plenty of drinks. So they were loving that. <laughs> but again it's just um adapting or what we're planning to whatever COVID has got to be happening during COVID because I believe there is a third wave coming.
0: Yeah, it's it's difficult to plan at the moment. I mean, we know this from Mowbray. We, we're kind of hoping to obviously reopen and, and kickstart things um, this year, but it, it seems to change by the week. Uh, Stacey, is there anything that you'd like to add?
2: We've we've been working with the schools through this pandemic. We worked with them anyway, mm. but we've been working a lot closer with them during COVID. Um, so we want to very much continue building up the relationship with all the different schools in Dumfries and Galloway because they also help us connect with the kids and their parents. So we'll be very much working with the schools again.
1: Also, and all getting the shops open. So hopefully, Nicola Sturgeon lets us open the shops up. Um, I think it's the twenty sixth or the twenty eighth of April. So getting our shops open again for people so they can access um, food and basic needs like. Some uh, summers come in. They're got to be needing summer clothes, so they normally donate all their winter stuff, and we give them summer clothes. Like I said, it's a pound, or you can just um swap.
0: Excellent, guys. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's been a real pleasure and it's been fascinating to hear about all the work that you guys are doing with Lyft, Lockside, his families together. That's all we've got time for for this episode, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show and until next time, stay safe and stay creative.